Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amos chapter 5, starting at verse 4, and uh, giving a little bit more context to our lectionary reading this morning. For thus says Yahweh to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. Do not seek at Bethel, and do not go to Gilgal, and do not travel to Beersheba. For Gilgal surely will go into exile, and Bethel will become nothing. Seek Yahweh and live, lest he rush like fire upon the house of Joseph, and it will consume with no one extinguishing it for Bethel. O you who are turning justice into wormwood and righteousness, they throw to the ground. The maker of the Pleiades and Orion, who turns the shadow of death into the morning, and who darkens day into night, who summons the waters of the seas, and who pours them out on the face of the earth, Yahweh is his name. Who causes, who causes destruction to flash upon a stronghold, so destruction comes upon a fortification. They hate an arbiter in the gate. The one speaking honestly, they abhor. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and you take from them a tax of grain, houses of hewn stone you have built, but you will not live in them. Choice vineyards planted, but you will not drink their wine. For I know that many are your transgressions and mighty are your sins. You who are enemies of a righteous man, you who are taking a bribe. And needy people, they thrust away in the gate. Therefore, the prudent man in that time will be silent, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, so that you may live. And then it would be so. Yahweh, the God of armies, would be with you as you claim. Hate evil and love good. Establish justice in the gate. Perhaps Yahweh, the God of armies, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, thus says Yahweh, the God of armies, the Lord. In the city plazas, there will be lamentation, and in the streets they will say, Woe! And they will summon the farmer to mourning and to lamentation, the ones skilled in wailing. In all the vineyards will be lamentation, because I will pass through your midst, says Yahweh. Seek me and live. The passage begins with the first commandment and then moves its way right through the others. Kind of in reverse of the conversation that Jesus has in the New Testament lesson with the, with the young man there. He recites from the, the second table of the law, you know the commandments, he says. But where, where, is, where is the root of your heart? Looking at him and loving him, he sees right to the core of what man is actually worshiping, what his true small g God is that is getting in the way, his stuff. Well, we're familiar with that, I suppose. Amos starts with the first commandment issue. Seek me, but stop looking for love in all the wrong places. You have your shrines at Bethel and Gilgal. I am not there. But they object. Bethel 
is a fantastic place with a great history of the Lord being there. Bethel, the house of the Lord, got its name from Jacob because that was the very place where that big ladder appeared to Jacob in a dream. A ladder that extended down from heaven to earth so that uh, the covenant with Abraham would be passed on to his grandson, Jacob, because Jacob was on the run due to his own shenanigans. Being the deceiver himself, he's on the run, but God, in his faithfulness, is going on the run with him. Jacob packs his bag, and, and the Lord packs Jacob into his bag and says, I'll, I'll care for you. I'll care for you while, while you're on the run. Even though you think you have to cheat, lie, and deceive, I will take care of you. And perhaps, perhaps by the end of the, all of this, you will trust, perhaps. So they begin on that journey right there at Bethel, the house of the Lord, great and marvelous, Jacob says. What a great place to build a little temple, to worship God. The problem was, there already was a temple. There already was a temple right there in Jerusalem, with all the appropriate priests and the right calendar and all the sacrifices and everything was there. Except for the fact that it was now in a foreign country. It was down there in the kingdom of Judah. And we love, live up here in the nation of Israel. We have our own king and shouldn't we have our own temple? Amos from Judah says, no. God placed his name there. If you're going to deal with the God of Israel, if you're going to deal with the God of creation, the God of the Exodus, the God of the promises to provide for you for all that you need to support this body and life, if you're going to deal with the God who has given you the promise of a Savior who is on the way, who is going to roll back all the effects of sin and finally raise your bodies to new life in the resurrection. If you're going to deal with him, you're going to have to go to where he has promised to be. While, yes, there were all kinds of occasions when the Lord showed up informally and in all kinds of situations to make sure that his word and promises were going on from one generation to the next. Now, now in the midst of all of the false worship that is so rife around his people, God had said his name in Jerusalem. For good or for ill, that's where it was. When to deal with him, it's going to be there. So stop going to where I have not promised to be. Where do you look for God? Where do you look for his wisdom? Where do you look for his word? You look in the signs and the wonders of the day, earthquakes and tornadoes and current events, the wars that creep up in the kingdoms that rise and fall, 
God to be found there. Is God to be found in the whirlwinds of time cascading all around us with all kinds of events that cause us to fear? No. God has to be found in the still, small voice of the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has to be found there so that we are not afraid. Keep looking for God where he has not promised to be. Where has he promised to be? He has promised to be in his word. He has promised to be in his written word. Pick it up and read it. It may say it's a self-study Bible, but it doesn't study itself. You can't just give it a cup of coffee and set it on the shelf and imagine that faith is somehow by osmosis going to arrive into your heart and mind. It's just not going to happen that way. Word of the Lord is given to you so that you might learn to trust and hold on to him in his promises, exactly where he has promised to be. Where has the Lord promised to be? He has promised to be in your baptism. And so those words, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, along with the sign of the Holy Cross, remind us that God has spoken and that he continues to speak. That he turns us away from all false gods by that very word and keeps us in the faith by his word and spirit. Keeps us guarded and kept as his own beloved bride. Where has he promised to be? He promised to be in his own resurrection body and blood. His flesh on the cross, his body and blood given and shed for you, now ascended to the very right hand of the throne of God. So it is able to be where he says it is. The Lord speaks, and his people trust. What he says goes. And what he says goes on the altar, in your hand and in your mouth. What he says goes. What he says is. His means is. Don't keep looking for love in all the wrong places. Find him where he has promised to be. He's not made a secret of it. He's not hidden away somewhere so that you might have to look for him. He sets a time and a place. Here I am. Here I am. Come and be fed. But there are the people going from here to there, making up their own ways of communing with God. That sound familiar? Yeah. Happens, doesn't it? Maybe it'll work this way. Maybe we switch it around that way. Maybe we develop our own way of doing it. It'll be just fine, and God will be gracious and not angry. But having given his gifts, having provided all that we need to support this body and life, should he not rightfully expect that we will listen to him? So Amos calls his people to say, stop trekking down the wrong road and go the right way. He's shown you where to go. The, the landmarks are all there. The signposts are all listed. Everyone can see where the road leads. 
not to Gilgal, not to Bethel, but to Zion. It is from Zion that the word of the Lord roars. The line of Judah roars out to call us to faith and to repentance, to repentance and to faith, then back again, that we might cling to him and to know him, the maker of all things. Looking up at the stars of the heavens, he has them in his hands. He is the one who can. Whatever it is you need, he is the one who can. And will he? Yes, because of his great compassion. Because of his great justice. And having a very clear-eyed view, then, of the right relationship of the first commandment, having the right God, then the call is, what's going on at the gate? What's going on at the gate? Who should care about the gate? If somebody is bad-mouthing somebody else at the gate, why should we even care? If somebody is not establishing justice in the gate, who's to know the difference? Why should that matter? Well, understand that the gate is the meeting of the courthouse. That's where the elders gather to make decisions. That's where people come with their needs, with their pleas for justice. That's where people come with their disputes and the folks gathering there, they make those decisions. But if those decisions are more contingent on having their palms greased than on whether a decision is just, then those who need it get no justice at all. And the righteousness of God is thereby overturned. If the scales are not true, then the word of the Lord is not running the show. And all of one's religion, then, is nothing but a show. The first commandment winds its way through all of the others, does it not? And so the poor come, and the extraction of whatever funds they may have is taken away from them because it is right and just. And so the fellow Israelite is left destitute. What good is your worship doing when there is no compassion and there is no justice? And so all of the signs of your success will be taken away. All of the things that you are truly trusting in those big houses of hewn stone, those choice vineyards that are the signs of your wealth, all of those things where your heart truly rests, those things will be taken away just like the false gods of the Canaanites were cast down. Remember that? Remember that? As the people of Israel were brought into the land and God 
won the victory after victory with the walls of Jericho come tumbling down and all the false gods of the Canaanites following in suit, falling down at the feet of the Lord. Now, now the false gods are in our pockets, right there in our billfolds. And, and they've given witness to the fact of all the things, all the stuff that clings to us so closely. Oh, it is so easy, so oh. easy to see how and what is running the show. Advertisement after advertisement, shelf after shelf, catalog after catalog, Amazon page after Amazon page. Across the board, across the board to call to worship something else, anything else, but the Lord God Almighty. There is one God and one Lord that can fill full the need of the human existence, the human heart, the human mind, the human soul. There is one spirit that can breathe into our nostrils and resurrect us so that we might be called living beings, living beings. When a different spirit, the spirit of the times, is blowing and invading our bodies, minds, and souls, all of that captures us up under a difference. All G God and not Yahweh, the Lord of armies, promised to be with us. And so the Lord calls us to seek Him, to turn, to remember to hate evil and to love good, to recognize and to receive his words of good and evil as a gift. Amos, Amos takes sharp aim at our sins. Amos takes sharp aim at our false gods. He would knock them down. He would rescue us from them would topple them over with these words so that only one God remains. The God who has promised from first to last to do all things well for us. The God who roars from Zion like the lion Aslan, the lion of which in the wardrobe who breathes the breath of life over all the statues in the white witch's castle so that they turn from lifeless stone to vibrant living beings, ready to follow him, ready to ride on his back, ready to play and rejoice in his presence. Lion of Judah, our own Lord Jesus Christ, ascended to the throne he is jealous that there be no other rivals at his throne because he is jealous for his bride, his blood-bought bride, and his own dear children, that they would know, love, and trust in him above all things, and that there would be a clear clear appreciation and trust and faith for all that he has done. 
And so taking hold of the promises that he has provided, even those promises that are given in all of those places. Because for us, Bethel too can be a wonderful witness. God has promised that he will never leave and never forsake and that the promises of the covenant will be passed on generation to generation, that you too might take part in it. The promises of Gilgal, passing from outside of the kingdom of God inside through the baptismal waters of the Jordan. That as Jesus and John the Baptist traversed that passageway themselves, we too might daily, daily remember our faith in the blessing of baptism. And we might daily crucify the flesh and be raised by that word of hope, restoration and renewal. And we might recognize ourselves outside and once again inside. And every day might be that new start. And God would provide that foundation of love and life and hope and word and promise so that there would be no reason, no reason at all to wonder, am I saved? But to know confidently and assuredly that God has done all things well. And to know with full confidence where we can find him and where he will shape our minds and hearts by his wisdom so that we can see injustice, so that we can answer it with compassion, and so that we can cling to that one and only true God in firm and fervent faith. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one who has done all things well for us and be providing for us all that we need. In that day and in that kingdom, the vineyards flow without limit. The Lord puts his feast before his people, wine and rich foods full of marrow. He swallows up death forever. And houses? Houses? Oh, yes. For the Lord Jesus himself is preparing a place for us. Not one to be raised up as a new idol, but one in which the welcome, the welcome goes on forever. And his embrace to his own coming through and over the threshold as he carries them to look around for the very first time, to find there the, the preparations of Jesus, all complete, all done. To find there pillows fluffed and the sheets brand new and the covers turned out and the mint on the pillow your name right there at the head of the table to be part of his beloved feast with a full and ready welcoming place to find a home. The Lord comes. The Lord comes to rescue, to separate us from our sins, 
to call us his own in people. Help us, Lord, always, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen.